Big news, you guys. My co-host, the woman that you love so much, as much as I love her, Dr. Wednesday Martin is releasing the paperback of Untrue, and it comes out September 17th. I know you guys have heard me talk about it before, but I am this book for me was life-changing. It was life-altering. I went through the intro and looked over at a friend of mine and said, this is amazing. I finally feel like I'm not alone. I finally feel like people understand me and the science is there to back it up. I actually even told my girlfriends that they couldn't be my friend unless they read this book. <laughs> and this is also something that I, I recommend to all of my clients as well. And so make sure you pick up this book, Untrue, September 17th. It's a paperback and you're going to definitely want to have this on your bookshelf. As some of you may know, one of the things I do other than the podcast is I'm a love, sex, and relationship coach. I've worked with couples all over the world from all walks of life, whether they're monogamous, recently single, transitioning into open, fully polyamorous, whatever it is, I have worked with them and I would love to be able to work with you. So if you're interested or you have any questions pertaining to really any sort of relationship, you can kind of see me as like a tailor. Come to me and we can completely customize whatever you need specifically for your particular relationship container. I try to make things as safe and comfortable as possible, and I really hope I can support you in the future. So if you're interested, please email me at Whitney, the letter N, L-O-V-E at gmail.com. This episode of True Sex and Wild Love is sponsored by Sweet Vibrations. Sweet Vibrations, exactly what it sounds like. Beautiful, waterproof, pretty, brightly colored sex toys for a very good time. Like I said, waterproof, rechargeable. They come with a discreet travel case. You get the USB charging cable and wall plug. There is a lifetime warranty. They're all less than $50. How can you say no? I don't know. I mean, it's actually crazy that they're less than $50. Let me tell you that. But this I absolutely love it. It really is. And w- my favorite one, just in case anyone's wondering, my favorite one is the tulips because I've never seen anything like this. And let me, I, it's such a sweet, sweet, sweet time. Visit sweetvibes.toys and use our promo code at checkout, which is wild, wild love. love. And you get 15% off. This episode is also sponsored by Spicy Subscriptions. It's our new sponsor, and I'm really excited about this because it's basically them sending you sex toys and accessories and lubes and all kinds of fun stuff straight to your mailbox. So the cool thing about this is that you don't have to go to a sex shop if you don't have one nearby or you don't feel comfortable. This shows up to your home every month and you can get your first box for over 50% off for only $14.95. And that comes with one to two intimate toys, one to two full-size accessories, one to two lubes and oils. It's freaking amazing. Or if you really want to get spicy, they have an elite box that they'll send you quarterly. Um, And that is a premium quarterly box for $100. You get deluxe toys, you get five to seven intimate items and one to two lubes. This is incredible. You can find out more about spicy subscriptions at spicysubscriptions.com slash wild love. On this week's episode, we have one of my very, very close friends, Aaron Alexander, joining us. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground. First of all, he's an incredible, I guess you would call it, body worker, and I've done a lot of sessions with him to help with my alignment and help 
to feel comfortable within my body. And that's kind of his mission in this world is to help people feel confident and flexible and pain-free. So we definitely go into that on some ways that you can do that yourself. But we also talk about being a fully aligned human being. And that includes in your relationships and in your sexuality. And he really opens up about a story that he has that helped him feel fully aligned in his sexuality. So we definitely dive into that, and I hope you guys enjoy it. If you want to um, catch up with Aaron, go to alignpodcast.com. We're rolling, by the way. Wow. I'm hearing it. How to inhabit yourself so that your whole life becomes beneficial. Yeah. yeah. So, so like the the golden thread throughout it is that your physical posture is a representation of the way that you think and the way that you feel. It's also a representation of your environmental conditions. You know, so you can see if someone has is sitting hunched over in a couch all day long, or if maybe they're ashamed of their body, or if maybe they're right. really proud, or maybe they're. You right. can see all that. It's always it's a story. So you can read people right away, and it's like all if you're sad or upset or you know down, you usually are kind of like hunched over and kind of like looking down, and you're yeah. not standing proud with your shoulders back and everything stacked, right? Right, and it's okay to express that forward flexed position because it's just one of the colors on your emotional palette. Mm-hmm. But there are there's a there's a specific study you guys are probably familiar with with uh, Amy Cuddy she's out she's of Harvard. She's a friend of mine. Oh great, yeah. So, Hi, so, Amy. We're talking about you. Yeah, so that's really great. <laughs> I mentioned that in the upcoming book as well. It's so in with what she did is she took people for um, they did saliva samples and they had them go into a forward flexed kind of like sad depressed type position, mm-hmm. and then they had people do the opposite. They call them the the superwoman power woman pose. And in the saliva samples, they measured cortisol levels and testosterone. And when they go into that hunched over position, just after a couple minutes, they end up actually decreasing testosterone levels and increasing cortisol levels. Wow. And then the inverse happens when you go in an upright position, because all those patterns are physiologically tied into your humanity for millions of years of this upright position means I'm winning, I'm confident. I can expose my parts. And one of the things that Amy talks about, the one thing that she talks about the most now is she talks about how when you do those power poses, your self-concept improves apart from the rest of the physiology about it. I think that it's so powerful that people, their posture makes them feel better. It even affects the way that you access memories. So there's been other studies, mm-hmm. other research around when, and you're, when you're in a hunched over position like that, it's easier for you to recall memories of sadness and just remorse and ne- negative Ooh. in quotations. You can't say negative wow. because who's to say what's negative and positive, but right. those harder times. It's like a, tra- it's like a traumatic it's a position traumatic, yeah. you get in touch with. Mm-hmm. And so I do, and then, then the inverse happens if, in, in the other direction. You know, so I do body work with people, rolfing and kind of different forms of body right. work. And he's amazing. I right. bet he, he crushes is. it. Okay, w- yeah. will you please tell people who don't know what rolfing is? And yeah. please. It's, it's, so people think it's either like rolling on the floor laughing or some form of like <laughs> or regurgitory. I yeah. feel like it sounds like some sort of like baking dish. Oh, good. Or like you're, you're going <laughs> to rolfing. I'm going to rolf tonight. Yeah? <laughs> sounds, yeah. Anybody want to rolf? Yeah, right. come over. We'll have some rolf. Rolfing, yeah. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Um, So, but essentially, it's structural integration is the original term that Ida Rolf came up with for it, which makes a lot more sense. So, you're organizing or integrating your your physical parts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that's looking at finding alignment from your your foot to your knee to your pelvis up through your spine to your head. And then, if your body can move in relation to gravity and alignment then your existence makes you a healthier person. Mm. If you're out of alignment, then you create friction at all those various different 
joints throughout your body and then you have these little forest fires ouch yeah. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so the point of, of structural integration or raw there's different forms of that mm-hmm. um, is to align your various different joints via the connective tissue or the fascia is it different from deep tissue massage yeah so deep tissue massage isn't really a, like a thing per se it's just okay. like a title that people put on things to make sure they know you're gonna they're gonna get their money's worth okay. they're like okay i'm gonna like push the shit out of you is what i'm saying with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, okay, i feel cool. like sometimes it's damaging like i get bruised yeah you I don't need like to get hurts. bruised yeah you know some people bruise easily it's you know it's okay but um deep tissue massage like when you're working with connective tissue what you want to be doing is working at, at the the layer of resistance so whenever you find resistance you patient this is metaphorical for having a conversation metaphorical for everything uh, when you find that resistance, you patiently sit with it until it starts to come online and in this case, rehydrate. You know, so what you're going to do is working in between, it's called muscular septa, which is a space in between the muscle bellies. And that's the highest concentration of mechanoreceptors. And it's like, it's like the highest level of communication that you can have is getting in between those spaces. And then you just kind of start to almost like a think of like a scalpel kind of filleting going through opening up those spaces. And then it can rehydrate with <sighs> new fluid. Like really and then good. you can move and feel vibrant and loose. But if you have dams in all these different parts of your body, then they just get dammier and dammier and you get sicker and sicker. I'm dammed up. I feel it. Are We're you all dammed, kind of dammed up, up right now? There's nobody that's, you know, I think if you're completely undammed and there's like no mental, emotional, physical resistance, I think you'd probably like disembody and turn into Just light. feel like a... I don't feel like you're <laughs> very <Puddle>. damned. <laughs> no, I'm damned. I, I mean, you can have a dam or two, but yeah, no, I've got, that's about it. I've got dams. Um, okay. <laughs> how, did, how did you get into aligning and alignment and what do you call what you do? Um, hmm, align method is a thing. So I, I have an online program that I, I take people through like self-care practices and then movement practices on how they right. can start to align themselves. Um, and you know, then the align podcast, so align is like a word that I've come up that I've used right. because it makes sense. But I still say I do rolfing or body work or coaching or whatever. Did you come to it because you felt your body was in a bad way absolutely yeah so i was obsessed with bodybuilding as like a little guy and that was the story that i tell which may or may not be accurate um because you know it's like stories it's like the remembered past Mm -hmm. remembered present you're just recreating that shit you know so so whether it's actually true to the experience you're like i don't know so trying to continue to go back and be like okay what is true in these stories that i that i tell myself Mm -hmm. you know so with but that story is that i was quite insecure and kind of like maybe like um feeling like unsafe i think Mm -hmm. as a a child in a sense and just like out of place like i think a very common sensation Mm -hmm. and the story that i tell with that is my my material home didn't feel so safe i didn't so feel so grounded connected in the world so i just packed on my biological home and just made the walls as thick and robust as possible okay yeah and then that translated into lots of imbalances because i was obsessed with packing on muscles in the parts that people could see including myself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and forgetting about the parts that matter which is the parts that people don't see again Mm -hmm. more like you know how old were you when you were doing that uh so i started training for like a bodybuilding competition when i was like 15. okay so you did like full competitions and shows I didn't actually ever ever do it. I, I was okay. prepped for it. I got like the tan for it, and I was oh, like all God. dialed in with my thing. And then um, I was, I had to be, I don't remember what, older than what I was, mm. and so it was like some form of like child abuse. How horrible for a young is person that? Tan? To be doing a bodybuilding, and they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I've been training. 
What do you mean I can't do this? Somebody should have told me Already, before I started I doing it. I shaved my balls. They're like, you didn't even need to shave your balls. You shaved your balls? I probably. Oh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I I was now picturing like what they have to wear, and they do have to wear like really tiny speedos. I think you probably. So maybe you do need to shave your balls. My duct tape. Oh, they duct tape the balls. No, I don't think they actually do. What? No, now I have to know. Just, just him, now she has to know. You don't know what you just did to us. I didn't get this far it. to know. I just had imagination. But you got what, the tan. What, what, I got the tan. I mean, you got the tan. You were was, going on was, stage was, like tomorrow. Yeah, I was doubted. I had to get the tan too. <laughs> I got the tan. I trained for one like a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I got the tan and I got disqualified right before I went on stage. Why? And it's a long story. But basically, so you might know a little bit more than this, but when you like deplete your body <laughs> is exactly what I was doing. And um, you have like no sugar or fats or anything. You can drink like a glass of wine before you go on stage and it like flushes your body with sugar. So it makes you really vascular. Yeah. Um, and so I had like a bottle of wine and this the woman who owned the show came around and started freaking out and yelling. Mind you, literally everybody there had wine because that's what you did before you went on stage and she just lost her shit and told me that I was going to be escorted out by the cops and all of this stuff we think that there was like some sort of politics or something going on because it just didn't make any sense to me at all but I got this tan and it was <laughs> it was the most horrible thing that I've ever gotten in my entire life a, I got like immediately on competitive yeah, body I was tan. like the color of this hardwood floor <laughs> Oh, it was wow. ridiculous. And you get into the bath good. and it's it, the color is just brown. Like you're in like Corpus Christi salt water brown Gulf of Mexico water. Water to get that stuff off. He was n nasty. It's crazy how we change our perception of what we find physically attractive based off of like the cultural norms. Right. You know, so like now, like present day, you look at somebody with a tan, you're like, oh, that's hot. Whereas like old school, it's like, oh, they're probably a slave. They're a, right, they're, they're a laborer. <laughs> they have to be out laboring. Or like even right. anywhere right, across right. the world, like different cultures. You go to Thailand, they're like, please don't get in the sun. And I'm just like, ah, you know, it's just right. the way that, I guess where we grow up and all of our perceptions. Mm. So the So you like built your carapace. You had like a big protective, yeah, and then it got really costume and then it got really balanced, and all the parts started kind of like dislocating and kind of exploding in a sense. Like literally, like joints started dislocating, like dislocating my ankle and uh, uh. both my shoulders, and and it was because the muscles were yeah. I mean, you can't say for sure, but yeah. So I was I was like an, doing sport as well, like playing ice hockey and stuff, and and um, during those and basketball and and but yeah. So you if you imbalance your joints to the point that they're essentially like a ticking time time bomb for injury. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you pick up that pillow and you herniate a disc, like it has nothing to do with the pillow. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with the the stage that you've been preparing for the last twenty years. You know, so before this, we were talking about like hinging at your hips, mm -hmm. like that's your insurance policy for your spine. If you just have a basic practice of awareness of how to functionally move your body, mm -hmm. your body's not built to just fall apart and explode one day. If that's happening, it's it's a product of you moving in such a way that's been imbalanced for X amount of time before it can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh man! Again, more metaphors for relationships and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> I did have this. Just can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then it explodes. And then it explodes right in front of your face. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you pick exactly. up the pillow, and the whole relationship is over. That's the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's the nature. Of I it. remember that after I had, I have two children, and after I gave birth the first time, 
to, you know, a normal birth, considering what we consider normal in the industrialized West, right? Of course, you're like doped up and on your back and your knees are up and it's all about what's good for the doctors and so on. But of course, it's after like nine months of pregnancy and I'm pretty small and I was like gigantically pregnant. And the baby was maybe a couple of weeks old and I think that I, like it was the day of the landline and I like picked up the phone my whole body, it was like a, a religious experience, but in, in a bad way. Like mm. it was blinding pain. And it was the first time in my life that I had like horrible back pain, horrible muscular pain. It wasn't sciatica, but it was insane. And I realized like, oh my God, I'm helpless. Like this thing happened to my body. First I gave birth, then this crazy thing happened to my body. And I realized like, I don't know the first thing about my body. Yeah. Which. Mm. Yeah, it's a big deal. I love what you're doing because you're helping people understand their bodies. Yeah. It's and crazy we don't huge. get any education in in school. Like your physical education quotations is like hucking kickballs at each other's faces. <laughs> Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, like, Dodge forget ball. about the hip hinge. Like yeah. get him in the face. <laughs> I know that's you not about our bodies. Shower, that's capitalism. Dodgeball is like <laughs> capitalism. Physical education. I know <laughs> that like oh painful. <laughs> well, something that I did want to talk to you about was um, like all of our muscles because I had a uh, hmm and a massage masseuse. I don't really know. But he got real deep, like, into my, like, groins, like, areas where no one has massaged me before. Mm. And it wasn't, like, in a sexual way at all. Like, I didn't feel uncomfortable by any means. Right. But it was, like, I do feel like we have these muscles around, like, the vaginal area. Like, and, like your so pelvis that are, like, yeah. all very, very tight. But we don't know anything about them or release them or even hear mm. them. We're not even, like, supposed to get touched there. Yeah. Right. Know? What are your thoughts on that? Typically, people that have so, like an example of this in relation to that is is people that have um, pain in specific parts of their body. Oftentimes, they'll have uh, mental disassociation of those places. So, like if you have back pain in an area, it'll be harder for those people to be able to draw a picture of that space. Like literally, mm. it's like in their own internal body map. There's just this blurry, scrambled, dark area. Hmm. You know, and so within that, I think like the experience of of physical mental emotional wellness is being seen you know if, there, if there's any level of, of shame or disconnection from a place it will only get darker and only get sicker you know so within that like yeah i think it's it's interesting that like i think most people whether they realize it or not have some degree of like shame of having genitals or yeah. like having an asshole. You're like, oh, that's like, oh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's, it's like this very, but it's like, how is like my, okay, my nipple's fine, my shoulder, no big deal. Well, hand, your nipple's perfect. fine. Right, exactly. But, <laughs> but, but I'm, yeah, so male nipple, fine. Girl, all this charge around the nipple. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, it's really like we're just a bunch of fucking kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we have all these stupid little rules of like what's okay and what's not, but like, the underlayer behind that is like we're playing this really childish little game. Yeah. You know, and within that, a lot of sickness manifests itself because shame creates disconnection, disassociation, and that damning that we talked about before. What's the, I'm curious about a couple of things. What's the most common issue that you see 
among people who come to you? Or just when you're like doing a read on the street, you're looking at how people walk and move. What do you think is the biggest issue? Yeah, well, I mean, so there's a lot of research that shows that your postural patterns don't necessarily directly correlate with pain. You know, so you could have a spine that's on the precipice of explosion or a knee in the same situation and you have no issue. Maybe you get like a little neck neck tweak or something like that. Mm. Meanwhile, another person expresses like fibromyalgia or something like that, just chronic radiating pain in a body that looks perfectly intact. You know, so mm. why a person's actually experiencing pain, I think it's a bigger conversation than just like a musculoskeletal mm-hmm. mechanical alignment thing. Mm. I think it gets more into like... Um, all the different layers of being a human, you know, so like the emotional layers and um, mental layers and just fill in the blank, whatever whatever word you want to put on it, all the layers of you. You know, so if you have emotional mm. pain, like in, are you guys familiar with Vipassana meditation? No. Oh, Tell man. us. So that's like the one typically they go for 10 days and they're like, they sit and you don't do anything but meditate for 10 days or whatever, sit in place. I would lose my mind. I would die. It's a great <laughs> I think I would, I think I would explode. We should probably do it if it would be so... It's, we have to go somewhere for 10 days and just meditate the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, we should do it. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenge yeah, so, Let's do so the it. Guy, so the guy, <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, so the, the guy, Gwenka, that, that leads it, um, he refers to it as, I believe it's samskaras. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm positive it's samskaras. And so when you're sitting there, you'll have these different types of pain pop up in your body. And the way that he describes it, slash, you know, Buddhism and like beyond mm-hmm. before Gwenka. Gwenka's the guy that founded this Vipassana retreat center thing um but he describes that essentially as like those internal energetic parasites saying like oh we're being addressed get the hell out of here so they'll start to to kind of show their face and say no like shoulder hurts this guy's crazy like all the thoughts start streaming through your mind of why you need to get the hell out of here i.e like that's exactly what would happen anytime you're addressing any kind of parasite inside your body you know, so right. the parasites want the sugar. They want, you know, whatever it is can feed them and they're not so concerned about the host. They're mm. concerned about the parasite. Mm. So inside your body, oftentimes there's situations, and I just say this from my experience with Vipassana, where my perception of pain shifted based off of originally having this immense amount of, say like there's one situation where I thought I was gonna have to like literally uh, have hip surgery afterwards. I was like, they're going to have to just cut my leg off. Like this is, this is, this is too much. <laughs> what happened? You Wait, know? how did you get to well, that so, point? I just kept sitting there. You were sitting there yeah. doing this Apasana retreat. Apasana. Yeah. Well, you're just sitting in place. All you're doing is sitting in place and you're just, you know, you just keep saying Anicca in your head or Anicca, Anicca, Anicca. Anicca is like means, you know, temporality of everything. So this wow. hip pain will pass. It's so that's what you thing. were telling yourself. But meanwhile, you were saying, you're going to have to cut this. I need jaws I'm of like, life to I'm stand like, up. I'm like, Anicca, you're an asshole. Anicca, <laughs> you're killing yourself. Anicca, <laughs> this is stupid. Um, but anyways, the Anicca thing. So the the hip pain that felt like it was just like deep, you know, it felt like searing hot rod like inside my hip. All of a sudden, end of the world sensation. And then all of a sudden it turned into this like cold cylinder light thing i felt like an orb almost like a ufo and i'm not high i'm like very lucid at this point this is like seven days in of not right using any drugs or anything right, right. um just eating like vegetarian food and getting good night's rest and right, watching right. you know all the stuff um wow. and i feel this what i feel a foreign that, land yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> i know it's what different. the hell are you talking <laughs> about but so there's this this cold disc of 
pain sensation it went from pain to being that it moves out of my hip and then it goes up my spine it kind of i could feel it kind of like really? wiggling its way up through my spine and then it kind of got stuck in my shoulder the shoulder is a place that i've had a bunch of like injuries and dislocations and all that stuff and still mm-hmm. work needs to happen there and then i feel it stuck in the shoulder couldn't and so move your hip doesn't hurt anymore no, 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 no. The hip's gone. Okay. It feels like a new hip. It's like, wow. like a newborn child. You got a hip replacement. It was like, I got a hip replacement. All right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have shoulder pain. You know, so that is just an individual example of like, okay, what the hell is this pain conversation in the first place? Mm. You know, yeah. you're familiar with John Sarno, Mind Over Back Pain? No, same more. Okay. So John Sarno, he's like, he wrote, um, I think he was published through Grand Central as well, actually. I was really excited about that because oh. he has like a, the seminal book on like the mind body psychosomatic kind of relationship of pain in your body um and so he calls it tension myositis i believe is what he calls it um and so it's essentially like he describes as like over 90 percent of any chronic pain that you have um is essentially at that point the way that he describes it essentially at that point is like in your emotional body it's not like a a, a mechanical thing anymore so you can acutely whack yourself, hurt yourself. But if you have some pain in your body that's been around for Mm -hmm. six months, two years, very, very likely there's some deeper cause than just that you walk funny. I totally have that. I So I have this this thing in my foot that like has been there for maybe two years and it happened around New Year's two years ago. And I thought it was just like from wearing heels. But anytime I'm like flexing my foot like that it's like incredibly painful and i've got like micro needling done on it i've had body work on it. i've had per- like energy work on it the whole thing but i do think it's probably like emotional or it has something to do that i also feel like the whole right side of my body is a little out of alignment yeah and i think that's your masculine side is that correct that's what they say i don't i don't i don't understand those things as well i don't really understand it either but so i feel like the whole right side of my body is all kind of like and yeah. I don't think it's because I'm just like, I don't think it's a coincidence. Okay, like but have you had an x-ray of your toe? Because I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all, I think it's always worth, like I think it's both sides is really important yeah. to look at. Like Western and Eastern, like 50-50, masculine, feminine. Like you need to have both. Everybody's say at the table is relevant. Some right. micro needling and an x-ray. I just want to make sure your toe's not broken. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a, no, I, it's a I don't decision. know if it's broken. I mean, I've broken my toes a bunch from like playing soccer and gymnastics. But like, it's just a very odd, I don't even think, I don't think it's must necessarily like structural or like bone. Yeah. I think it's more like ligament or something. Well, so there's no separation between the way that you feel inside your mind or your brain or however you want to describe it and your physical musculoskeletal system. You know, so when you go through some type of, so think of like, you, you get startled, you mm. know, it's literally called the startle reflex. Yeah. You can't get startled without shaping your body into the shape of, of startle. Mm-hmm. So your whole system goes, Whoo! right. You, know, you clench your, you know, your sphincters, your pelvic floor comes up and your shoulders raise up and maybe your head juts forward and you, you take a breath in all yeah. of those. They're all integrated through your physiology to say, Oh my God, get ready to fight. Uh huh. You know? And so the way that we perceive the world, like the filter that we take the world in from is that's, I think the, one of the, the main, highest leverage components to the way that your body interprets stress. Mm, I was just thinking about how in New York and LA or wherever we live, right, our stress levels are pretty unprecedented, right? And that stress is just one long startle response. Stress used to be 
something bad happened. There was a lion. You had to run to get away from it. And then either the run was over or you were over, right? And like that was how long your stress was. And now stress is like this. That's the problem. What's it? What's so in terms of people dealing with just perpetual stress and anxiety? Can you just give us a little walkthrough about what that's doing to our bodies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so it might mean one like you know adrenal fatigue, for example, like people having that that chronic adrenal response of go, 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 go. The lion's coming. The lion's, the lion's it's coming. Still it's there. still there. It's oh my hanging god! On <laughs> for three years. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, your body eventually gets overspent with releasing all the hormones and the chemicals to create that stress response until eventually it becomes numb to it. You know, and now it's like, okay, well, I'm numb to that, kind of like a drug addict. I need more drugs. You know, so you still have that stress response going. So it's like, okay, I'm going to juice your glands for everything we can to get a little bit more response. So it's like you're addicted to stress. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so do you try to create stress in order to get that Yeah, so one potential potential suggestion for that comes from um, Peter Levine, Awakening the Tiger. This would be right up your alley. Wednesday. I don't know if you're familiar with Waking the Tiger. No, but I love the title. It's great. I need all Um, the book titles. Yeah. So, so Waking the Tiger gets into uh, when animals in nature, if they get really freaking stressed out, they'll go through uh, this different kind of like ladder of autonomic responses, their Mm -hmm. nervous system, the way they respond to it. And then eventually the end of that ladder is, is called uh, immobilization. You know, so uh, you could call it dorsal vagal immobilization or whatever term polyvagal theory is, is what mm-hmm. that relates to okay. different parts of your vagus nerve. Anyways, but you'll get immobilized to the point where you, okay, okay I, I'm just going to shut down because the safest thing for me to do because the cat has me by the neck right. is to play dead because perhaps dead. it'll get bored mm. and just kick me aside. I.e. I'm being raped, i.e. I'm in a car accident, i.e. like something really, really bad. And right. all I can do is mess the situation up. So my deeper reptilian brain says, just get out of here, Aaron. <laughs> like right. shut it out. Shut it down. It's like Repress the fainting memories. goat. Yeah. <laughs> Seen those goats? Yes, it is. Is a exactly. Wait, tell me. (laughs) There's these goats. (laughs) You're talking about goats. If you scare these specific type of goats, they'll just fall over. Like they just faint. They just die. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) So they don't actually die. So internally, they're going internally. Their nervous system's moving 100 miles an hour. Externally, (laughs) their full brakes are on. So then you have this kind of disconnect there, where they have to discharge that internalized stress, they have to get it out of their body. So they have to literally go through this like tremorous, convulsive release experience that lots of people experience going through maybe like (laughs) an ayahuasca ceremony Mm -hmm. or maybe some type of bodywork experience or shamanic whatever or anything, sex. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different situations where, especially more with women, because I think they're just more sensitive instruments typically. You know, they'll kind of, they're oftentimes go through things and the guy's like, uh, cool, babe. You know. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> yeah, feelings. <laughs> yeah, feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what they're what they're doing with that is like in in subtle little titrates, they're dripping out trauma. You could say trauma is kind of mm. an annoying word to say because it gets used so much. You know, but they're dripping out that stored energy from some type of situation that they didn't know how to process correctly in the moment. Mm. So they go. <gasps> And you just put it down and say, okay, like zip up your tie and get back to work. 
Okay. Mm. <laughs> right. But it's still there. It's still there. Yeah. And so then perhaps that could manifest as something that sends an alarm through your system that says, you know, hey, Wit, I think you should go see a doctor because we have this foot thing that's a really big deal. You know, and so your, your body's like, you need to go see somebody. You know, I'm not saying this for you in general, but okay. just in relation, in relation to that thing, right. it's like your body's like, dude, we need help. So it's like shoulder thing, chronic headaches, menstrual ah. thing, knee thing. It's just like, dude, address me. Address me. Address the me. The body will be addressed. <laughs> the body must be addressed. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to address it. All right. I'm not letting it go anymore. Even if I'm in the middle of writing a book or doing something, you're saying if your body is crying out for attention, yeah. give it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to really get any meaningful work done. You know, as long as, yeah. but then art is kind of interesting because a lot of agony translates into interesting art on the page. So, you know, if, if some of the art that we experience, we get to appreciate, if those people weren't tormented and on like on the edge of destroying themselves, right. they might not have made it those interesting No paintings. massage until after the book. Until after <laughs> yeah, the exactly. art is complete. I want blood on <laughs> the page. Sit in your page. And then Finish the we'll painting. do a sauna. Oh, I love it. Okay, what are your favorite things for people who... Okay, could you talk a little bit about your Align method? I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm a nerd and yeah, I just want to know... Like, how to align yourself. What align is yourself, it? Yeah. What your theory is? Like how people can help themselves if they don't get to see you? Well, so the interesting things outside of... I appreciate you mentioning that, but the interesting things that in relation to like the the grander kind of scheme of being in your body is thinking like you already mentioned one thing would be like sound you know being aware that your body is is continually perceiving your environment and determining whether it's safe or not safe for you to exist there right so when you have you hear all of a sudden we're sitting here and all of a sudden alarm Mm -hmm. goes off your nervous system literally goes shuts down Right. You know, and they're like, yeah. okay, okay, come back, come back, come back. And then another thing comes up, you know, and then someone, yeah. and then a car, you know, and then you're staring yeah. into your phone, which that, again, if you are, say, you're, you're hunting, you know, and you're looking at the animal, you're about to shoot the animal, or you're, you know, you're mm-hmm. fighting with somebody, or you're, you're building something, or if you're focused all your energy myopically, that again puts you into a little bit more of like a, a stressed, upregulated, engaged response. Oh, never even thought of that. When we're, Staring at our phones, we're upregulating, we're stressing. Yeah. We think it's relaxing and we're zoning nope. out, no, it's but it's hooking into that. It's tying into your mammalian self, tying your reptilian self, and saying, "Okay, let's let's jack up the stress a little bit because you need to get this shit done." Because you're focusing, you need to like shoot that Instagram post right between the eyes. Right between the eyes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, and so then so you wow. can go the other direction and say and start to realize that your your visual spectrum that's a tool, as yeah. is the auditory spectrum. You know, so having soothing sounds in the background, live in a place that put some wind chimes up, you know, get a little water burbler thing on mm-hmm. your table, all those things, water burbling and chimes and, you know, the tonality of a voice of a partner that you love and appreciate mm-hmm. that's not freaking out. And they're talking like this. <laughs> you know, like you're like, God damn, you know, you're like stressing you're stressing me out. My sphincter right my now. My sphincter right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is you got to tend to your sphincters. (laughs) Tend to our sphincters. There's multiple sphincters. There are a lot of them. them. All throughout your intestines. People think there's only one sphincter. But you know what? I say to my... (laughs) There's not. There are a lot of them. And they all get... They're on lockdown, right? If we're stressed. Okay, my husband, born and raised in New York City, 
been there for 60 years of his life, basically. Nothing gets to him, right? I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, very quiet. Like, I feel like my nervous system, every part of me was set in like this quiet environment where you could see for a long way, things were flat. Living in New York for 30 years has been like both acute, episodic, massive stress and just like a baseline stress from garbage trucks or like like worrying about garbage trucks. The city is like that constantly. Like the whole energy of the city is just like we, if you live here, you get a help uh, serving of just baseline stress. Baseline stress all the time. And my husband came up in that. Like that's, he, his bot, he, he was like, that's his primordial soup. Yeah. Right. And the difference between me and him when you walk, when we're walking down the street must be insane because I'm like still like this to everything. He's not (laughs) responding, but you're saying that probably on some deeper level, there's stuff. Or it's based off of your interpretation of the stress, which is, that was what we mentioned before. Oh, right. So if you change your filter and you say, oh, that sound means that the construction crew is building my community. Right. It's building my house and I'm going to get rich. Because all these loud banging machines, like, oh, that sweet sound of banging machines, <laughs> making that money. You know, so so I, now I love sudden, a good jackhammer. All, yeah, you're like, I oh, love Lord, that jackhammer. Lord, yeah. Two in the morning, just jack that shit, you know, because you could, you just see dollar signs lighting up. Right. So that's not a stress. That's not a stress but for those a, people. But at a, a, a neutral human, animal, biological, hunter-gatherer level, yeah. that's really stressful. So I really need to become a real estate developer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, or just City. or just start to address the way that you perceive the world in such a way that you can you know see those things as see the light in them. You know what does Rumi say? What is oh I don't know what he says. Something about seeing the light in everything. Right. I thought I had the quote, but you know if you can you can look around the world and see the light in everything. Like I see that with um, people that are dicks. You know, or people that are expressing some kind of like unkind aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, or selfish or greedy or obnoxious, whatever it is underneath that is some form of pain, some form of hurt, some form of feeling mm-hmm. disconnected, mm-hmm. some form of like crying and reaching out. Absolutely. Right. So if you can see into like the child version of every person that's just having a fit and now they stole some money or they just, they were rude to you or they beeped your horn at you or it's right. like, oh, it's just a, a, a crying child. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that helps you out because now you're not walking around saying, no, man, that guy's a dick and she's a cunt and this. Right, you're like, right. You're like, it's just a bunch of crying babies. Just a bunch well, of babies. Like, even in, yeah. <laughs> even in relationships, like that's that. so important to remember. Like when your partner is angry or upset, mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's not like everyone wants to point at your partner what they did wrong, but it's like triggering something within you. And if you can see them as like, okay, this is just like their child self and they're mm-hmm. hurt at their child's core, then you can see, like you said, the light and in also, them and, and al- understand. Yeah, and also taking responsibility for the fact that you're getting pissed off at something because it's some insecurity that you have in yeah, yourself. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's what you're saying. So that's, so that's like when you get triggered, to use another kind of obnoxious word, mm-hmm. um, just overused word, um, but it's a good word, triggered. You're like, oh, I'm like the alarm bells went off. It yeah. really you, snags. Yeah, it when it you hooks feel into that, something when, when you hear feel that. those alarm bells go off, it's because there's some work that you can do inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so one, I was mm. in a yoga class like a year ago and, and the, the yoga teacher said, uh, never waste a trigger. And I was like, oh, like typically I don't really care too much about a lot of the, the jargon that they say, right, but right. she's like, she's like, never waste a trigger. And I'm like, 
God damn. Yeah, it's always a That's sign. Legit. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's always it's always like a message to you. Like use uh-huh. your emo- emotions and your triggers as messengers. Like why is that coming up for you? Get really curious because if you didn't have that trigger there, you would be able to brush it off. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you have yeah. a wound and somebody pokes it, it hurts. If you don't have a wound, that same person post- pokes it, it's not going to hurt. Yeah. I think that fear mm. expresses itself in various different symptomatic forms, but at the root layer is is just the, the broader sensation of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had a, a experience recently when I was using DMT and in that situation, I felt, are you guys, I know that you are, are you familiar with DMT you know, at all? D- okay. I don't. So it's like a, a, a considered, you know, a very potent psychedelic. Dialmethyltryptamine. Yep. So it's it's like the Thank it's you. like the the, the the root of of ayahuasca, like the like okay. the psychoactive aspect of that. Okay. But it's much shorter because it doesn't have the uh, I forget what the what the 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 thing is that causes the ayahuasca to be able to continue in your system. Anyways, I'm not an expert expert of psychedelics, but I like to use them sometimes. And so with the in the DMT and <laughs> the DMT experience, um, I could feel this tension inside my spine. That's been a tension that I've had like off and on for, you know, since I was like a little kid essentially. Mm. And if you have tension in your body, that's that's there's some grabbing, some protecting, some bracing okay. that you're carrying around the world. Mm. It's just that's yeah. just the way it is. Right. <laughs> like right. your body doesn't brace unless it's bracing for impact. Right. You know, and so and so I've had this kind of like sensation of of, of kind of like twist in there that would create the need for like want to crack my back and twist and turn. And as, as I was having that experience, I could feel literally like tangibly, it was almost as though the spinal area was like juicing these thoughts of fear of all sorts up into my mind. And so it was like, you're going to go crazy. You're fill in the blank, any fearful thing that you could possibly think of. Mm. But it wasn't the thing itself. It's not that I'm afraid of going crazy or I'm afraid mm-hmm. of dying or I'm afraid of filling the blank thing. It's there's that root level sensation of insecurity or out of place or general fear. I don't know why I brought that up in the first place, but I think that that it's just an interesting thing where we try to like isolate specific things of like, oh, this is the thing. It's right. this sensation. It's like I think more often those sensations are symptoms of like a, a deeper root of feeling unsafe. I mean, so much of so many philosophies teach us that what people really want is to be safe. Mm-hmm. That that's our biggest agenda, our biggest desire, our most basic need is to feel safe. And you're yep. helping people feel safe in their bodies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. I mean, all of all everybody here is like that's the whole thing is is like sexuality is such a big thing of not feeling safe in your sexuality. Mm. You carry that shit. Oh my God, totally. And I feel like that's something that everybody deals with at one point in their life or continuously deals with. You have a great story about that. <laughs> <laughs> about feeling safe Whitney in Miller. your sexuality. <laughs> All right, Whitney wants to talk about the time that I, I got that I got a blowjob from a dude uh, yes. during a uh, That's kind of her it, thing. Like, call it like a, what's that? That's kind of her thing. Yeah, it she's is. excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, so it was a very interesting experience. So I was receiving like an energetic, call it what you will, session with with somebody that I, I trusted and appreciated. But a man, but you had never been in any sort of sexual situation with never. a man before. Okay. No, I mean, I've had a couple like threesomes, but yeah. it was mostly like belligerent and weird. And like, I, I was like, don't, After, like, don't, a party touch, night don't touch or the penis. Something. Like, yeah, 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 just like, oh, or like. Yeah, totally. Um, Which I'm sure is how most of those go. Probably, I don't know. Uh, you know but so... 
that was my experience before that. But I can I'm, do research if you'd like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we could on our phone right now. Um, so I, with that experience, it was an interesting thought that I had had for throughout like life. Because I'm just like, a, a, I like questioning things in general. Like I was talking to a, a guy yesterday. He was a CNN correspondent for several years. And he got like hooked on meth and all this stuff. And he was into like smoking meth and these satanic groups and wow. they would like worship satan smoke meth and like blow each other off they were gay um and i was like wow how do you just happen into that i think it's a slow steady process okay. yeah <laughs> one night but like i sure hear, was worshiping satan I, smoking yeah, meth and no, getting exactly. blowjobs yeah exactly but so like i hear that story and i'm just like locked in like whoa like yeah. i so want to have a you know an experience in like a I, like where do I feel like worshiping Satan like what is that do I get like a book you know like I want to understand why people do the things they do really because, curious yeah yeah and so with within that something that I've always questioned is like is my sexual preferences are they based off of like more of what I've learned that's socially acceptable or is it like a true biological nature you know because throughout throughout history and throughout nature going in and out of like homosexuality is it's a, it's a very common thing you know and yeah. so that was an interesting opportunity for me in like a very safe environment with someone like that i like knew and appreciated um to it wasn't the original intention wasn't that but they were like doing a lot of work around the same places that you were yeah that you were talking about before and uh yeah they offered to do that and i was like yeah fuck yeah like it was essentially putting my myself in a place i live in la so a lot of people are in this position where they're like i'm in a yes space you know, we're like, is that just, an expression? Yes. So many people, so many people, like, wow, oh, I just, I'm I just learning. Say yeah, this is the month of yes. Oh, what? Wait, say is yes? that a thing? The yes, I'm in the yes space. I made the yes space up, but like, I just I say like yes. It. I just you got to yes. coin that. The yes space I don't think in LA is so LA. It's so LA. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I was in a very yes space in that moment, and it was a it was an amazing opportunity for me to get to experience that and see what that is from a very like non judgmental, open place. And uh, and it was really good, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you have a he special like, technique like or something? I don't know how to describe the technique I mean, other because... than like a dude just knows how to work the equipment very well. Yeah. <laughs> I can I mean, imagine I think it's so. like you could describe a technique, but it wouldn't be in relation to that one experience. But do you have like one blowjob tip for women or yeah. men I mean, that want to give a blowjob? Deep throat's always the best. I mean, that's just great. I yeah. like deep throat as well because it feels like a... Um, it feels more, I believe, doesn't you guys would know this better than I would. Isn't there some kind of like orgasmic receptor or something in the back of the throat? Isn't there some type of like, can you get an orgasm from deep throat? Isn't that just a I myth like, from, like the, from the porn film Deep Throat? Is I mean, it? No, I have I don't know. absolutely I should, never I orgasm from but deep you throat. Like, I thought there's something addictive about it. I'm just trying not to die. I don't. No? I know that the title of the porn film is deep throat because there's this myth in the movie itself that deep throat is really physically exciting for the woman but that's what i thought am i, I am, am i just been wrong all this I time i think i think maybe you're buying into a myth but wait i want to talk about you and your yeah. experience so yeah anyways, so that's, that's what you like so that's see, i think that's great and just like work around the the, the head like that's where most of the, the sensory those are contradictory are. mandates yeah deep throat and just <laughs> well just the head dip. eventually goes into the deep throat is the thing oh <laughs> <I> <laughs> the head winds up back there <laughs> 
<laughs> Got it. So the in-between space isn't so exciting. Okay. The shaft is not. Yeah, you don't need to touch That's the not so exciting. No, the balls are cool. Right. Well, like the, the frenulum is supposed to be really nice, right? Yep. Right. Yep, I agree with that. The well, most yeah. sensitive. Essentially, part, all right? the parts. Yeah. I mean, all. And then also, I think it's. A, I think men are are similar to women in in that like touching all the parts is really valuable. You know, kissing the thighs and the knees and like mm. like full body massage and nurturing. Like men oftentimes don't know how to be nurtured. You know, because mm -hmm. we're such in a space of like, okay, I have to do the thing right. to you. So to put the man in the position of like, I just really yeah. want to take care of you. Right. Um, and maybe that's like me projecting my own shit. No, on No, I think that's but. so true. And like, yeah. I just watched a video on penis massage mm. and oh. it's not like just focusing on the penis, but you like set up this whole kind of situation to where it's like, I want to please you. You know, you put on some music, mm. maybe they have their eyes closed, whatever, you're rubbing like the legs and then the groin and then you work your way to the penis. And it's not even like the goal is to climax or yeah. orgasm, it's just like for pleasure, like let me pleasure you. And also I think it's really important to not touch just sexualized, you know, not touch with just, okay, if this is going towards you're gonna ejaculate. You know, and being able to work that sexual energy through the whole entire body. Mm -hmm. You know, so most men, they feel, again, I'm projecting onto other people, me, feel as though there's like less now because I've been working on it for a while, but like there's like a volcano in your cock essentially. Right. And you're just like, whoa, like it's all the energy is like there. Right. I'm just like, how do I uh, shift this around? <laughs> 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 Good question. Yeah, seriously. You know, and, and so with I'd be curious your 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 thoughts on that. But but uh within that, I think having like therapeutic, loving, nurturing touch through the whole body mm. that's not because women assume that men just I'm probably like killing a lot of guys right now. I apologize. You know, but, but <laughs> women assume like it's like, okay, just like go for the cock. Right. I think developing a relationship with the whole entire body will actually help that man be able to distribute that energy through their whole nice. system as opposed to just leading with their cock. Right. Yeah. Stop leading with your cock. Mm -hmm. But it's a hard thing to say because you really want to lead with your cock because it feels good. But mm. the reality, it's kind of like the bodybuilding thing. Like you lead with the parts that you see in the mirror mm -hmm. and you assume like, okay, this is buys, tries, abs, pecs, <laughs> see it. You yeah. know, that's kind of like the cock. Really what you need to work on is you need to work on the back, you need to work on the hips, you need to work on the legs, the parts that we aren't so apparent. Right. The cock is very apparent. Yeah. You're sort of asking people to have an aligned, integrated sexuality. Man. That's 100%. Yeah. And so you yeah. feel like you're more aligned and integrated in your sexuality after this experience, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I was feeling as though just that was always my primary question. And, and that's just because my nature is to question like everything to the point of, I will like get in trouble oftentimes of just like, I just keep on more and more questions. And so that was kind of my question for myself is, is my sexuality, what part of it is something that I've learned, you know, like the super ego, like the Freudian stuff versus what is like my id, like my deep, true biological nature. And so after having that experience, I, w I learned that, okay, like I'm able to have, I mean, as we were having like my, and honestly, like my eyes were closed and I was kind of a little bit like not fully connected with the experience. Mm -hmm. I think partially still because of shame though. Mm -hmm. Like I think the reason, if I could let go of a whole lifetime of shame around calling each other faggots and calling each other right. you know, like all yeah. the different things like that is your primary basis of making fun of each other is you might be attracted to a dude so right. you have such deep 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 webbing of of that pulling on you mm -hmm. so if you don't question that um i think it would be ignorant yeah. not <laughs> right yeah <laughs>
<laughs> but now afterwards, I'm like, okay, cool. I had that experience. Like it, it was like it was almost as though there was like a mountain in the distance. You know that it was it was it was like oh like there's that gay mountain. You know like I, I see it out there. You know like I'm not gonna touch gay mountain. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to mess with that because it'll <laughs> taint my record. Yeah. You know, I climb hetero mountain regularly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just everybody knows. <laughs> um, you know, like that's what you want people to think is like I'm very mm-hmm. machismo man. Right. Right. So for you to venture into gay mountain is like it's just you know it's off limits for a lot of people. And so to have checked that out and come back and be like, okay, I understand what that is. It's not my my thing, but I'm not like scared of it or curious about it it's like oh cool i got to go up the mountain i looked around and like i'm still alive i wish more men would do that like get curious <laughs> i do i wish they would just get yeah. curious about it and be like okay either i climbed gay mountain and it wasn't for me or i did it and i enjoyed it great because like the more authentic you are and the more that you are in touch with yourself and your sexuality yeah. the more attractive and like awesome and more like vibrant and magnetic you are as a human it's yeah. it's funny how it's so much more stigmatized for men. I'm just thinking of you calling it Gay Mountain and that it gave you anxiety and that yeah. you it took a lot to be curious about that. And I was thinking about how women do have more permission mm-hmm. to do that. Oh yeah. And we want you to say, have you ever, you know, Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yes, oh tell me more. <laughs> Whitney always tells me she wants me to take her to skirt club. Skirt, I know I want to go to skirt club all so bad. We have this that women are gay until graduation and women are sexually fluid and we knew it for a long time. But as you were talking, I was thinking about the work of this sex researcher I love named Lisa Diamond. And she used to think that sexual fluidity was female. It was like a female thing. Women were just more sexually fluid. And she followed a group of like, I think a hundred women for 20 years and how they kind of went in and out of categories and sexually. They'd be with a woman for a long time and then they would be with a man and then they would be with somebody who identified as neither. And she said, that might, might be a very female thing, the sexual fluidity thing that I'm looking at. Then she interviewed a group of guys in Salt Lake City in their 20s. And she found that the younger guys were saying to her, yes, I am turned on by porn of men with other men. Or yeah, I am interested in having an experience with another man. Or yeah, oh, I've done that. Yeah. And she realized that it's a generational thing. So like my generation, it's very stigmatized for men to have any interest in other men, they have to be either straight or gay. But like there's a whole younger generation of men in their 20s. And Lisa Diamond then wrote a paper called I Was Wrong about how <laughs> sexual true. fluidity isn't just for women, that younger men, when they're released from that stigma, right, they don't have so much of the ideology telling them that it's a horrible thing, mm-hmm. that we're finding that men are really yeah, sexual fluid. So you're just a normal man being a normal man. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I truly – I truly feel that way and, and the only reason I would like mention it here is because I think it is like a valuable thing to yeah. for men to be just not saying that men need to go get some you know, like shamanic blowjob or something um, but just that to be just question your belief systems in all sorts like right, sexuality yeah. is just one of the many questions that but you are a product of your environment 100 <laughs> percent you know and so for you to not quit and look like you need to travel if you mm-hmm. don't travel, you're confused. I, agree. I know you think you know everything, mm-hmm. but you need to travel. You need to go to cultures like Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. You need to leave your ordinary world 
where you just assume that this is just the way all of earth is and realize that you're strange as shit. <laughs> you know, you need to go to some other cultures where like, oh, in our culture, we wrap golden uh, necklaces rings, around, yeah. rings around our neck and we walk around. It's like to say it's like to to protect from lion attacks. or It's beautiful. From, yeah, it's beautiful. It's like, And then you look that's back at, at our culture, you're like, wow, that's crazy. Binding your feet. Unbelievable that they would do that to themselves. Now they don't do it anymore. You know, but it's like, what are we doing with high heels? Right. <laughs> like it's it's we're 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 hurting ourselves at a structural level. In my book, I write about high heels being kind of fine. Actually, I'm not like just shitting on high heels. Mm -hmm. I think they're they've been a tool for a really long time, and they're still a tool. Um, but nonetheless, if you can look at the long neck tribes in Thailand mm -hmm. and be like and be like, oh, that's just crazy. Meanwhile, you're strutting around with I a mean, bunch of yeah. you know artificial perfumes and deodorants, and yep. you know you got your whatever surgeries, and you got the the high heels on. Nothing against any of that, but it's weird as shit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to, I just describe women. Men do the same stuff. Right. You know, men, we're doing steroids and we're on testosterone and we're like beefing our bodies up, just like breaking our muscles down to add these superfluous slabs of meat onto our structure to like show the world that we're strong enough. Right. It's the same shit. Right. It just happens to be a part of your your biology. So we, it's it's not as easy to drudge. It's like, a biological like costume. A, it's a biological costume. It is, We're all wearing biological costumes. Wow. Even even your actions are, are forms of biological costumes. There's an right. interesting book by um, it's called Elephant in the Brain. It talks about how we conspicuously conspicuously do so many things, such as conspicuous generosity, conspicuous empathy, conspicuous health. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I can right. soup up my health index, right. I can show potential sexual partners or business mm -hmm. partners that by the way i've got a lot of resources right how do you know well i stay in shape i, stay I have in all shape. this extra calories that i carry on my body those could be your calories we could share these calories <laughs> at home your I calories have, are my calories at home, I have a, a huge cabinet of various different supplements and i have organic right. food and a turkey ready to eat it's like it's like you can see through the physical body that like, oh well that person has resources they right. can maybe form a family right Versus someone that doesn't carry resources, conspicuous consumption. Yeah. I'm wearing a fancy watch. I'm wearing a fancy necklace. Right. So you're carrying those things to show the world, but it's all biological shit. It's all mammalian shit. It's all signaling, right? It's all signaling. Here I thought you were just going to talk about posture. No, so many we things, We talked about right? everything. Masculinity, <laughs> so sexuality, <laughs> signaling, all of it. alignment. Okay, mm. how do our listeners find you? Mm. Um, Align Podcast. That's the main thing. So that's the name of the Instagram is probably where most people go. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's the same as the website. If people have interest in, in, I actually do teach people about movement related things. Um, on there, they can like get into all that stuff at AlignPodcast.com. Great. I have one last um, question for you. Uh, yeah. So many of our listeners are women who hate their bodies. Mm. There's such an epidemic of women hating on their bodies. What's your message to them? Mm. At some point, you will die and you will regret not loving yourself mm. and being afraid to love yourself and afraid to open up your capacity to be loved and love others. So you may as well just sort that shit out right now. Yes. What, get better, up, what better place to end? <laughs> love yourself. I'm about to go do that right love now. Love yourself before you die. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, no worries. It's great to have you. It was really good. <laughs> good to be here.